as I said, when it comes to Shema, the question is going to be, what is the point of it? And again, not from the perspective of Tami and Mitzvot, because in general, we've discussed in the past, when it comes to the reason for Mitzvot, we tend to bifurcate and say, there may be a reason, but ultimately, that's not why we do the mitzvah. We do the mitzvah because God commanded. Because if it was only solely because of the reason, then you run into questions, well, what happens when that reason no longer applies? But when it comes to Krishma, the reason for Krishma might actually change the nature of Krishma and how we practice it. And we'll see, see that as we go on. So let's start with the Rambam. The Rambam is of the opinion. There's a command to say Krishma. How often? Arvis and Shachas, right, morning and evening. Again, also implying that, is it one mitzvah, is it two mitzvahs to say Kriyashma? He puts it as one. It's a big discussion. The Rambam counts it as one mitzvah of Kriyashma in the morning and Kriyashma at night. Interestingly, there's a lot of discussion, which we're not going to get into on this, because the Ramban says, maybe it's two separate mitzvahs. What would be a ramification? I'll tell you. If you think it's one mitzvah, then perhaps you'd say, it what? Correct. More than that, I'd say, let's say you forget to, you neglect to say it in the evening. Should you say it in the morning? Are you accomplishing anything? If I, if a lulav, lulav is four different species, but it's one mitzvah. If you don't have the esrog, perhaps you shouldn't shake the lulav, you're missing it. If you have tefillin, there's four different parshos in, written in there, you only have three, perhaps you shouldn't say it. But interestingly, when it comes to tefillin, there's a mitzvah of their head and a mitzvah on the hand, two separate mitzvahs. So the Rambam counts those as two separate things. <laughs> What's the implication? If the Rambam says there's one mitzvah that works still on the hand, one on the head, the implication is if you're in a place where you only have one, you still should wear it. It's not considered detracting from the mitzvah. When it comes to tzitzis, the Rambam counts it as one mitzvah, but we know in tzitzis there's the blue strings, the tcheles, and there's also the white strings. So what seems to emerge is when we say that what the, in the, the language of the Gemara is something's ma'akif, something is fundamental to the extent that without it you don't have the mitzvah, you'd count it as one mitzvah. Whereas if it's not fundamental, it's not ma'akiv, so then it would be two different mitzvahs. When it comes to, when it comes to tzitzis, the Gemara Menachah tells us, tcheles ena ma'akiv is a lavan. In the event you don't have blue strings, you still wear tcheles. As in, I think all of us are wearing tcheles, right? All are wearing tzitzis right now, right? How can we wear tzitzis? We're missing part of the mitzvah. And the answer is because that's part of the mitzvah, but it's not fundamental to it. You can still accomplish the mitzvah without it. When it comes to tefillin, if you only have one, you can still accomplish the mitzvah. The Rambam, however, counts Krishma as one mitzvah. The implication seems to be that if you don't say Shema at night, then during the day, during the day, you shouldn't say it, or there's no need to say it. Yeah? I'm trying to think of another mitzvah where it's like temporally separated by like... Time. So I'll give you one right now. So it happens to be, and this actually fits very well, for the Rambam, there's a lot of discussion. There are those who say, if you miss one, you don't, you don't get it. Most people say, no, it's still one mitzvah, but there's a key. I'll give you one right now. I wasn't going to, I was going to say it. The Kohen Gadol, every day, brings a special carbon called the Minchas Chavitim. The Minchas Chavitim. It's a special carbon just for the Kohen Gadol. And the, the way it works is in the morning, he puts together the flour, the oil, he then cuts it in half, brings half in the morning, half in the afternoon. Interestingly, the Rambam writes, how do you split, divide it in half? Some say you have to weigh it so you have perfect amount, perfect equal amount in the morning and the afternoon. The Rambam says, you just estimate. And everyone wants to know, estimate. When do you have estimation and mitzvah? So perhaps one can say for the Rambam, it's really one long carbon. It, and the, and the, it's just that we bring half in the morning, half in the afternoon. The Tumman might be another one, perhaps. The Tumman in the morning, the in the afternoon. 
What I'm getting at, this is not the focus of the share, I didn't want to even spend this much time on it, is that there's a lot of discussion exactly, does the Raman think it's one mitzvah, there's two mitzvahs, is it pragmatic, or Usher Weiss wants to argue that really the Raman thinks it's two mitzvahs, but the same goal, so why divide it into two mitzvahs? You'd only count it as a separate mitzvah if it's a different goal. Okay. Sphere Omer, Omer might be one. one Correct, very one. excellent, excellent, the Bahag. Excellent, Yaris pointing out the spirit of Omer might be one long mitzvah. Very good. The Karmasvar Mishpat Mitzvah Zubim Mesechlis Brachos. In Mesechlis Brachos, we discussed this Brachos. The Shom Nizbayer, the Krishma Da'araisa. And there we explain that Krishma is Da'araisa. Now, is Krishma really Da'araisa? So the assumption is we say every day, you, when you wake up, when you go down, you say Krishma. However, there's a big discussion what exactly, which part of Krishma is Da'araisa? Krishma can be divided into, let's say, four parts. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, part one. V'yahafta, the parsha can be another, is another, another part. Where we accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. V'yahim Shemo, where we accept upon ourselves the yoke of mitzvos. And V'yomer, where we mention tzitzis, but more importantly, we mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Which we know maybe its own mitzvah in and of itself to mention Mitzrayim every day. So which part's Daraisa? Which part's Daraisa? For the Ramam, it seems that all of it is. The Ramam says elsewhere, all of it seems to be. But, uh, he, certainly it's Daraisa. However, Tosfus comes along, and Tosfus argues, at least in one place, Krishma, or a couple places, Krishma is not Daraisa. Wow. Ready for this? And look, and look how, and look how if, if you have to do a little digging to see it. The Gemara and Sota, and Daflam and Beis, Amid Aleph. How do I remember that? Because the Mishnah there says, Bechol Lashon, and Lama Beis is, Beis Lama, Bechol Lashon, that's how I always remember it. The Mishnah talks about, what did he say? Zichr, very good. Before Zichr. I'm from Pesach, so I could do that. The uh, Mishnah, <coughs> the Mishnah says, there are, we, we say, in, in our ritual life, there are a lot of things we say. We, a lot of things we say. We daven, we bench, we make kiddish. And the question is, some of that, we are mandated to say only in the language in which the Torah records it, or the way Chazal decided it. And some of it can really be said in any language, we just are more familiar and careful and, and we desire to say it in Hebrew. For instance, Birchas Kohanim. The Gemara Mishnah says, Birchas Kohanim can only be said in Lashon HaKadosh in Hebrew. So if someone gets up there and starts saying it in English, they don't fulfill their obligation because the Pasuk says, Kosovarhu, this is how we shall bless, implication being with this exact language. There are other areas where one can't do that. In fact, we'll see in this, in this, this Tosvos, maybe even if one does not understand Hebrew, certain, certain rituals, certain blessings, one should not say in Hebrew because if the point of, let's say, the blessing is thanking God, it's a little bit hard to thank God in a language you don't understand. And the post can seem to say that when it comes to Lashon HaKodesh, you kind of get a blanket rule. It's like you're getting out of jail free card. As long as you say it in Hebrew, you're fine. But if I were to uh, print online a Japanese version of benching, that I wouldn't fulfill my obligation because how can you thank God in a language you don't understand? Look at what says. The Mishnah, go, again, goes through all different things from Krishma, Tzfil, uh, um, ki, uh, um Vidoy Meiser, when you bring when you bring your animals, Bikurim, lots of different areas in life where you're saying these uh, these stand these standardized ritual uh, sayings. Krishma, the Mishnah says you could say in any language. Correct. The Mishnah is divided between things you can say, Bicholash and okay. Correct. You got the Mishnah on base. Yeah. Fine. So look what Tosva says. Tema, I have a problem. Mishnah again. Actually, you want to read the Mishnah quickly? The first couple lines, just so you see the extent of it. Uh, so yeah, those are things that you can say in anything, 
Perfect. So the point is, again, if you understand what those were, you don't know them, you see it's, a very, it's an extensive list. It's an extensive list. Everything ranging from chalitza to when they go out to battle, what, the, what you're supposed to read to, to encourage the people, to remind them, etc., etc. So it says to us, if we're given an extensive list, well, we left out things. There are other areas of life where we say things that we should be say, we, that we do say things. Ready? Where is Kiddush? Why is Kiddush not in this list? If we're discussing what can be said in Hebrew, what must be said in Hebrew, well, Kiddush, that's bad. If you ask me, like, name the top three areas of uh, liturgy, we have to say, probably davening, maybe benching, Kiddush is probably on there. What about hollow? Hollow, we say. There are lots of things we say. So look what Tosha says, and don't tell me. The Mishnah is only recording the areas that are Mita Oraisa. Meaning, the Mishnah is saying, here are the biblically mandated areas uh, that we must say, these, these liturgies, and now some can be said in, in Hebrew, some can be said in Swahili, whatever language you understand. Give me a second. This goes the other way around. Because if you look in Brachos, it implies Tvila and Krishma are only the Rabbana. So the Tvila we know, remember that was our early discussion, Ramban seems to imply Tvila is the Rabbana, whereas Rambam says Tvila is the Raisa. So that we have precedent. But Krishma the Rabbana? So within Tosma's question is, where is don't tell me that the Mishnah is only listing the Rabbanon, the Raisas, excuse me, because there's a Rabbanon in the list. There's a, there's a, there's a rabbinic enactment in this list, which is Krishma and Tfila. Okay, but our purpose is Krishma. Right. Do you see what he did there? Tosvus implies Krishma is only the Rabbanon. And like that's a gimme that it would be the Raisa. No, no, it's both. He's saying both are in the list. It's a, the list is clearly an amalgamation of the Rabbanon and the Raisas. Oh, okay. Right, like right. So that can't be the rule. We're looking okay. for a rule of what made it and what made it out. It's not going to be correct. Correct. Be right. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Also, the implication is that he's assuming Kiddush is the right also. Correct. Which is Tosfos' uh, opinion throughout. Throughout, Tosfos always thinks uh, uh, Kiddush is the Raisa. Tosfos just, as we recall earlier, Tosfos says the fact that you either drink the cup or have a cup in front of you that might only be the Rabban. <laughs> Excuse me. So what's going on here? He's quoting a Gemara in Misha Meso Perak Brachos. Let's learn the Gemara together and tell me what you take out of this Gemara. Om Rabbi Yehuda. Safik Kara Krishma. If one is in doubt, they wake up early in the morning to learn their Dav Yomi and they do the little davening, they do it and all that. And then at 8 o'clock in the, in the morning, like, wait, did I say Krishma? Did I not say Krishma? Safik Lokara. Eno Chosiv Kara. You don't go back and repeat it. Safik Omar Emes Viyatsev. If you say, but, but did I say Emes Viyatsev and Nachem Mekayim Viyashav and Emma Vav Chaviv, meaning the brachas after Krishna? Safik Lo Amar Chosiv Amar Emes Viyatsev. My Taima Krishna Durabanan. Krishna Durabanan. Whereas Emes Viyatsev is Daraisa because we met, as we we mentioned the Tzias Betrayim in there. So what do you take out of this Gemara? Exactly Safik Durabanan Lakula. Whenever there's a doubt with something that's that's rabbinic, Lakula. Skip down three lines, or as I, I cut it out for you. 
The Rebbe Elazar Omer, Savikar Krishma, Savik Lokara, Chosir Vikara. He disagrees and he says, Sorry, Rabbi Huda, if you don't recall, did you say, did you do not say it? Chosir Vikara Krishma, Savik Espal, Savik Lo Espal. What if you say, did I dive in this morning? Did I not dive in this morning? Ain't no Chosir Vikara You don't go back and repeat it. What's the implication from that? What? Tefillah is the Rabbanan. So what seems to emerge is a machlokas Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yehuda seems to think Krishma is only the Rabbanan. So if you don't know what to do, if you don't recall, if you reset it, don't go back. Rabbi Eliezer says, you do go back. Now it's interesting, Tosvos says, if you look in the Gemara, it's clear and obvious that it's the Rabbanan. So what's going on here? No? Tosvos is, so either you could say Tosvos is Paschal like Rabbi Eliezer, excuse me, Rabbi Yehuda, right? Who says, Savikara, Savikara, Lokara, it's only the Ravonan. Or the Shilta says something fascinating. This is where I get to. I open, the opening question was, what is the point of Krishma? Says the Shilta as follows. Even Rabbi Elazar thinks Krishma is the Ravonan. Even Rabbi Elazar thinks Krishma is the Ravonan. They're saying, well, minute. If Krishma is the Ravonan, as we always know, the rule is, it, when in doubt, if it's biblical, you have to go back and be suspect. If it's the Ravonan, you don't go back. So why would Rabbi Elazar say, Safikar, Krishna, we have to go back? Rashi again says, because he must think it's the Raisa, says the Shiltis. No. What is fundamentally at its core? What is Krishma? Declaration of God. Over. Correct. Kabbalah, we're accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. If that is true, says the Shiltis, maybe Elazar thinks, Yes, it might be Durabanan, but ultimately the point of Krishna is we are accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. We are saying, God, God, you are one, the oneness of God. We are now subservient to you. That is so fundamental, that is so important. Even though it's Durabanan, we still go back for it. Meaning the point of Krishna is not just the recitation of a few paragraphs, but really the point of Krishna is accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. Now, this is an unbelievable idea to the extent that Rabbeinu Yonah is of the opinion, if you look at next to Rabbeinu Yonah, he says Rabbeinu Yonah is the, uh, from Jerona, he wrote, that rhymes, he wrote a parish on a lot, on a lot of, of the Gemara, most of it was lost. In back of Brachos, it's brought down. We don't have a, the, in back, usually in back of the Gemara, the Ron Rabbeinu Nisim is there, in Brachos is Rabbeinu Yonah. He says, okay, our Gemara here, Savakara, Savakar, do you repeat, do you not repeat? He says as follows, even though the Torah does say when you wake and when you go to sleep, very interesting. The Torah still says when you wake up and when you go to sleep, you should say, say something, say Krishna. So how can he say it's only the Rabbanan? He says as follows. The Torah just mandated you say something. What did it mandate? Unclear. Really, it could be anything. We seem to choose Krishna because that's when we accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. Interesting, no? Meaning to say that the actual point, the actual Krishna is the Rabbanan, but the fact that we're saying something that is biblically mandated, that we just say something from the Torah. What are we saying? We're saying something that, and through that, we accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. In fact, we saw early this year as well, the Rav Chaim Salvechik asked, how come we don't mention, how come the Rambam doesn't count the necessity to remember Yutiyas Mitzrayim every single day. He includes it in Krishna, because what, what did he say? What is Yutiyas Mitzrayim? What are we calling? We're calling how God intervened in this world and took us out of Yitzrayim. And through that, we have, and through remembering Mitzrayim, we are recognizing God 
controls this world, God knows what's happening in this world, God has divine providence. So in effect, says Rechaim, remembering Yitzhiz Mitzrayim is just another way of accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. Thus, part of the mitzvah of Krishna is accepting upon yourself the yoke of heaven, which means remembering Mitzrayim. Ray Salvechik says something else as well. He said two things. One is the Rambam, when he, before he starts any book, he usually quotes a Pasuk. He quotes a Pasuk. Almost like a nice verse to, to put together. And that verse should be a unifying verse for the themes that you're going to encounter. The, before he begins Hilchus Krishma, he says, How much I love your Torah, all your day I engage in speaking about it. Said to Salvechik, what he was driving at was, the mitzvah of Krishma really is every moment. It's all day because... It's accepting by yourself the yoke of heaven. It may just be once a day, you have to, twice a day, you have to verbalize it. But really, every moment, we're supposed to be thinking about how we're accepting upon, accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. To the extent that the, so it's even in the Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say? What's the language of the Pasuk? It's not once a day or twice a day you say Krishma, but rather it's... it's, it's uh, no, when you go to sleep and when you wake up. Meaning to say, not Erev Avoker. If it was Erev Avoker in the morning and at night, so then that implies at some point in the morning, some point at night, you say it. When you rise and when you go to sleep, it implies your entire day is bracketed by the first act you do when you wake up is Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Echad. The last thing you do at night is Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Echad, regardless seemingly of when you're going to sleep or when you're waking up. The point being that Krishna is more than just saying a few things in Hebrew, a few parishes, but it's actually accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. No, I don't, I don't know. I think, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think it's probably the first step to believing, actually believing it is verbalizing it, and then to believing it. Well, often, oftentimes, oh, correct, correct. Yeah, okay, where are we up to time-wise? Should we go one more, or do we want to go to uh, bagels? <laughs> Keep going, okay. The, um, so one approach is Krishna is about Kabbalah, Sabah, Hashem, it's about accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. There is another approach which emerges from this Rabbeinu Yonah, and that is that perhaps Krishma is more about Talmud Torah, which one can make an argument there's, there's an overlap. Meaning to say, the Rabbeinu Yonah said, there's no mandate to say actual Krishma on a level derisa. The mandate is to say something from Torah. Because what Krishma is, is it's another way of, of Talmud, it's, it's part of the Talmud Torah itself. It's learning. In fact, the Gemara Menachah says that if a person doesn't have time to learn, by saying Krishna in the morning and saying Krishna at night, they've effectively accomplished at least a portion of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. And then the Gemara says, don't say this to an Amara, to someone who's ignorant, because then they're going to think they can get out of learning. They can just say Shema in the morning, Shema at night. At which point I think Rava says, no, mitzvah to say to Amara, so at least they know they're learning every single day. The Karen Ora says something very interesting. He goes back to this Gemara B'chol Lashon. And he says as follows, the Gemara has an interesting discussion between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim. Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that Shema has to be said only in Lashon HaKodesh. The Chachamim say no, it can be said in any language. How do they arrive at their respective, their respective places? So I should have brought a Gemara with me. But basically, the, the Gemara says that if the Chachamim say Krishna can be said in any language, the implication is that then every other part of the Torah has to, can only be said in Hebrew. Or you wouldn't need a special dispensation to say it can be said in any language. And the Gemara turns to Rabbi Yehuda and says, if you think it can be said in, it only be said in Hebrew, the implication is the rest of Torah can be said in any language. Otherwise, you wouldn't need a special verse to tell us it can only be said in Hebrew. And the Gemara goes back and forth to show why they think an incorrect assumption. Ask the Karen Ora. The Karen Ora was uh, 
his name was Carlin, I believe. He says as follows. We just mentioned, Daniel just read a list of multiple different things in the Mishnah that can only be said in Hebrew or any other language. Ask the Karen Ora, well, why did this discussion of trying to derive based off the fact there's a special dispensation or special necessity, why, that, why didn't we ask the same question about anything else in the list? If Vito Meister can only be said in Hebrew, the implication is the rest of the Torah can only can be said in any language. If Kiddush, well, we didn't say Kiddush, but in the list. If, Shema, if uh, Tefillah can be said in any language, the implication is everything else must be said in Hebrew. The Gemara didn't ask that question. The Gemara only asked it by, by Krishma. says the Karen Ora, because Krishma really is an, an enhanced Talmud Torah. It's a way of learning every single day. So, the, so if you're going to tell me Krishma, which is really learning, can only be said in Hebrew, the implication is, but the rest of your learning can be said in any language. Or vice versa. If you tell me Krishma can be said in any language, the implication is the rest of your learning can be said in Hebrew. And, and that's why, in fact, the Pirmah Gautam says, how come there's no bracha on Krishma? Meaning a specific bracha. Baruch atah, Hashem lakim al-chalam, Hashem lakim al-chalam, Krishma. He says, because we said Birch HaTorah already. Krishna is a, is a way of learning in the morning. And, and, therefore, and therefore, because of that, well, there's no need to say it. So the, there's a second approach. Is Krishna can either be or Krishna could be a, a way of learning Torah. The, um, the, the Rav points out, or Salvaggio points out, that... Oh, we'll leave that aside for now. Where Salvatio pointed out something else, he said, and this, if you recall, we discussed this in an earlier shir, he said that we often think of Ezo Avodah what is the service of the heart? Skmar says this is Zut Tfilah. The Sifri says Zut Tama Torah. It's learning. Is it, so is it Tfilah? Is it Tama Torah? It says to Ray Salvatio, there's an overlap. That learning itself, when you're done the right way, it's Lifnei Hashem. It's encountering the divine. In fact, that's what Rabbi Salvatio said, that after you... Um, that after you lane, laning needs 10 people. Why do you need 10 people for laning? Not because you need to say Baruch but because the actual learning has to be done with 10 people, because when 10 people are present, that's when the Shechina is present. So you see as well, when it comes to Krishma, if it's a din in Talmud Torah, it's also about accepting by yourself the yoke of heaven, because Talmud Torah in and of itself is accepting by, your, is accepting by yourself the yoke of heaven. Where does it, so what, where, did, where did that leave us? I think for us, the takeaway is, number one is Krishma is about accepting by yourself the yoke of heaven. That every single day, twice a day, we accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven, but also we think about how it brackets our day. That if you live your life in the morning and night, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, the last thing you do when you go to sleep, is accepting upon yourself the yoke of heaven, then hopefully that will influence and impact your day and the way you act, so you're not someone who doesn't live that way. And also, it's a din in Talmud Torah. There's a degree of learning when you do Krishna, but it's just the first steps. And almost the, the first thing you do in the morning is learn, the last thing you do when you go to sleep is to learn, so that should impact your day. That you can think about how you can, you, you can import and inject more learning into our daily schedule so that when we make up and when we go to sleep, the day we feel will be full of learning. I wish you all a wonderful week. And again, breakfast was sponsored by Jonathan Rebecca in, in honor of her brother and all the Chaylim, may Hashem protect them.